Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, alongside none other than John Tesh. John, how you doing? I'm I'm well. I'm excited about this interview. I'm I'm interested in having it all. And apparently, you have the ability to join up with uh, somebody and make that happen for you. So, so this is Christy Whitman, and I think you're you're. This is like one of your style uh, people. You know, we you and I talk all about the power of the subconscious mind and the ability to manifest things that you think about. This is what she is all about: the idea of of quantum success, of generating your own emotional reality, and then operating from the positive reality of what you want that outcome to be. So. Like with your cancer healing journey, that idea that you you claim that you've been healed already, this is right in line, uh, right in line with that. And and one of the big takeaways for me is the is watching the negative talk. So um, her like first lesson, and we talk about it in the interview, is instead of saying I can't afford something, uh, and and because words are powerful. So instead of saying I can't afford something, which puts you in the mindset of of, of lack, not being yeah. able to do it, a mindset yeah. of lack, sure. say uh, that's not a financial priority for me right now. Oh, that's good. And when you start to change your words like that, it makes a huge difference in your emotional reality. You know, uh, lots of research has been done on um, uh, psycholinguistics and and uh, neurolinguistic programming, and and the importance of the kind of words that we choose. And this is all about about that. And uh, she wrote her first book, uh, or one of her first books, uh, for it was directed at women for marketing reasons. But this this new book and um, and the other one too are really for everybody. Yeah, and I um it's interesting because I was, I've been listening to, you know, I love these motivational uh there's right. there's there's a group of people on on YouTube who come they find motivational speakers and they and they uh they find they carve up bits of their pieces and pieces and they put this really cool big sports music mm-hmm. behind it. It gets me going, right? And there's one guy who's on there, he's screaming and he's, and he and he says he says, "I don't care about the quantum law of attraction, you're still going to have to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> people, people sit around and, and just, and, and just pray that the universe is going to make them successful. Well, look, know? if you're, if you're doing the quantum law of attraction thing, you will naturally start doing the work because you will right, be in that right, mindset. Right, yeah. You know, you, if like, let's say if it, whatever, whatever the thing that you want is and whatever the thing that you're trying to, to change your mind around, when you start to embrace the concept your whole body really starts to take it on. So when you imagine yourself and take the reality of being in shape, guess what? The idea of going to the gym seems a lot less daunting. Mm-hmm. And you start to feel more comfortable and confident sure. in that yeah. place. And, and, and the, it begins to cascade into you being in, in better shape. Yeah, and a lot of it is just, is just being, uh, being focused. Right. Uh, but also the whole, you know, I mean, there's, there, there, there are two sort of parallel lines going on. There's this, there's the quantum. Actually, there's a woman named Caroline, Caroline Leaf, and we want you to interview mm-hmm. her as, as well, who takes this and overlays um, scripture on right. it. And uh, but, but just you're you're right. Just the approach of not speaking lack and not mm-hmm. speaking death over yourself and not speaking worry and and sickness is a great way to start. So I'm anxious to anxious to hear her. Real fast, let's hear a quick clip because we, we, you just talked about, you know, not speaking lack, not speaking anxious. There are things that happen to us that are negative. Uh, and here she is, here's, here's Christy Whitman talking about the parts of our life that we actually can control um, and the only part of our life that we can control. So here we go. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's just so similar to, you know, what we see some of the most successful people doing is they they, you know, they, they pick a lane, you know, you pick, mm-hmm. pick what you're interested in, right. pick what you're passionate about. Don't worry about, you know, what, what, I mean, look at, look at, for example, talking about things you can, can control. Look at Stephen Cannell, who created uh, so many b- uh, big TV series, right. in, including Connie's right. uh, greatest American hero. 
and uh, he had a dyslexia, and he was a writer. Right. Right? But he, but he figured out a way. He, he, he used his creativity to figure out a way, figure out a path through that. Well, and, and what's the book? Uh, is it one of Malcolm Gladwell's books? I think it is. Or is it, yeah, I think it's a Gladwell book where it talks about the, um, the litigator who, was, who had dyslexia, and he was going through mm-hmm. law school. And because he couldn't read as quickly as the other students in his class, he had to become an expert listener. And he was so good at listening that he became a great trial lawyer because he would listen to witness testimonies and he would memorize and hear errors and changes in inflection in what they were saying and would allow him to pounce. Because of his dyslexia, he was a better trial lawyer than other people, which I love that. I love when you take, when you have a goal and you take your weakness and you turn it into a strength. And that is some serious, you know, Marcus Aurelius level stuff right there. <laughs> getting, uh, getting ready for, for Christy Whitman. Uh, the Art of Having It All, a uh, great interview coming up. But first, there's a test, Gib, that we should uh, give the folks out there. It's, it's Are You Having a Midlife Crisis? And probably the midlife crisis is uh, it's getting a little younger these days. This is a survey of 2,000 adults. And uh, so it's a big survey. And uh, it, they, it found that, it, that the midlife crisis hits men at the age of 43 and women very close, 44. But for guys, it can last up to 10 years. So yeah. women typically get over get over it after five years. Women typically get over everything, yeah, <laughs> including yeah. us. And the researchers put together a list of signs that you're having a midlife crisis. Let's see what you think, Gib. Uh, not, not that you're anywhere near this age. Whatever. Uh, first, looking for a simpler life without all the responsibilities of adulthood. I mean, I think that's just reality. I don't think, I don't, I, I, are there people out there who are like, you know what I love? I love having to pay bills every month. Like nobody wants to do that. But I think at a certain point when you have your midlife crisis, uh, not that you absolutely have to, but uh, you you get to the point where you're like, wait, why am I why am I piling onto my life? Why can't I not simplify it? And you sort of feel like, is there a button I can press to just get rid of all of this stuff that this, this yeah. that bogs me down yeah. every month? Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, and <laughs> the answer is, not really. You know, I was filling up your mom's car yesterday, that big giant SUV. $9,000 It was later. $86. That's to, impressive. To, to, that was cheaper than I thought. Oh, my gosh. To fill up, I think that was all that the, the numbers would go up. Yeah. Uh, the tank's and, like... The- and I'm, sta- <laughs> I'm standing there outside because she, she sits in the car and I fill it up. You know, I wash the windshield for her, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I worked at college SO. And, uh, and then right around the corner is there's like two, um, ostensibly, in, in California, you can never really tell because the, the weather's so nice, but ostensibly homeless people, right? And they and they were on cots and they and they you know they they were homeless mm-hmm. but they looked comfortable and I said to, I said to Connie I said you know I said well, it's so expensive to live why don't we just do that yeah and you, you mean be be homeless and I said yeah she goes don't even mention that on the podcast or on the radio <laughs> people are gonna hate you for saying that you want to be homeless I'm just gonna put this out there you know they're between the way you live now and homeless is like condo. You know, you could, you could just do condo. <laughs> That's I'm just going to put that out there. That's true. Another sign that you were talking about midlife crisis, another sign is that you take up a bunch of new hobbies, especially something like a Tough Mudder race. Uh, there, is a, there is a producer uh, on the radio show. Yeah, Scott Myers. And he has done a lot of Tough Mudders. Uh, he started doing them. I, can we, I, don't, I think he'll get mad if I talk about this, but right around the time when his marriage ended, he started doing a lot more yeah. Tough Mudders. So I feel like it yeah. really... I feel like it really dovetails nicely. So right about the time I started drinking, when my marriage, the marriage, <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but yeah, but like I think of all of the possibilities of yeah. things you could do for yeah. a uh, yeah. for a uh, yeah. uh, midlife crisis, investing in your body and exercising a lot sure. is probably the healthiest thing you could do. Yeah, not that tough mutters are very healthy. Yeah, and then one more thing, you buy, uh, this is pretty obvious. I mean, this has been since time immemorial. You buy expensive things like cars or 
pool tables, pay tables, or clothing. Pool tables? <laughs> well, dude, a real pool table is expensive. Is it? Okay. I mean, look, yeah, we all had that image in our, when we were kids of like, you know, the, the rec room with the pool table, uh, yeah. or at least a lot of people did. But you, uh, you just bought a car. I did. You, I bought, your, a, you bought your high school car, but the modern version soup, of it. Souped up yeah. first version of it. Yeah, I'm sort of in a, I'm always in a, in a midlife crisis. Um, even, even when I was yeah. 18, I was having a midlife crisis. Yeah, yeah. All right, so listen, let's let's let uh, Chris... What's that? This name, I'm really looking at her in the name, and wasn't she, I don't know, governor of of, of New Jersey or something? That's Chris Christie? Uh, no, but there man, was a... Chris, a man? No, someone's going to correct you, because this is a Christy Whitman, but look it up. There's uh, a, who was it? Who, sure. Yeah, oh, anyway. I'll look it um, up uh, during the interview. Oh, Okay. Uh, she, Christy's not going to like that if you're looking up in the middle. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, why don't you set this up because we should get to this so we can solve our problems, all of them, instantly. So here is Christy Whitman, not the former governor of New Jersey, who apparently was the 50th See? governor of New Jersey. It was Christine Todd Whitman, and she That's was it. the Christy 50th Christy Todd governor. Whitman, yeah. yeah. She never went as Christine. I knew it. Uh, I know. So, by, you, so you win that round. By, uh, by the way, Hiram Lazar, who's from Long Island and listens to the show all the time. From I'm Compass, sure he's he, shouting at he his He was phone shouting at, at yeah. me. You're an idiot. Tesh. Christine Whitman, yeah, I know who it is. We don't want to represent you anymore. Anyway, uh, so here's Christine Oh, Whitman. by the way, uh, 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 is he, what's, oh my gosh, what's the coach, the, the soccer coach's name? Your friend who just had cry, who did cry out. Oh, uh, Celestine? Celestine, because I was trying to do his last name, and I couldn't do it. It's, it's like, is it cool? But he told me, though. He says, he says, I said, what's your last name? He says, is it cool? He has a very special inflection. He is from Nigeria, and he is in cool. I can't, I don't do it. I don't do it very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my name. <laughs> that's, that's, that's his you name. Can't do, that's not his. That's anyway, Sully, buddy, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for listening. Yeah, he listens, and, and, and uh, check, is it cryout.org? Yes, I yeah, so. yeah, because he's got. I'll he's, put a link to it in the show. Right, notes. It's really, really cool. Go ahead, go, go. All go, right, go, so go. here is Christy Whitman, not the former governor of New Jersey. Uh, here she is talking about her new book, Quantum Attraction, and the art of having it all. Now I'm going to do my my intro. Oh my gosh! Very excited to have with us today, Christy Whitman, author of the book, The Art of Having It All: A Woman's Guide to Unlimited Abundance. Thank you very much for for being with us today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So thanks for inviting me. Now, uh, you, you're welcome. Uh, now, I, I, I think, uh, well, I, I want to go through, you're, you're, you're a lot of things. You're a, a best-selling author, uh, but you're also, you're also a, certified, a certified life coach. And I have to say that when I started doing this show, when I started doing this podcast, I was not, uh, I was not sold on the concept of life coaches. But when I go back and look at my favorite interviews and the ones that lasted the longest in my mind after I was done with them, they are almost all life coaches. So I, 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 I realize like maybe I need this in a way that I, I, I didn't understand before. But just having somebody that speaks no nonsense to you uh, about your life, like that, instead of instead of all of the filters you put, I think that's an invaluable proposition. Absolutely. Well, you know, the thing is life coaching gets a bad rap because it's not, you know, it's not a regulated thing. So anybody could just call themselves a life coach. And if one day someone wakes up and says, I want to be a life coach and starts giving people advice, Mm -hmm. um, that's what gives it a bad rap. But when you are committed and you go through a certification program and you go through training, you know what to do, what not to do. And you're Mm -hmm. trained on the system of transformation, um, like I do in my quantum success coaching Academy, uh, you know, then you're guaranteed to be successful. 
I mean, yeah. it's like you have to have the foundation, you have to have the schooling, you have to have the credentials. Yes. I mean, and, 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 and that there you have it. I mean, like the, you, you, the, the people like yourself who are put together uh, and who, like you said, are committed to the process are amazing. Um, and I, and I have found it to be, I have found it to be way more interesting uh, it, than, than I would have thought otherwise. So I was, I'm going to start, I'm going to start there with a little buildup of, I, I think it's sort of a backhanded compliment, but I, I but it's truth. So I'm going to speak it. Um, <laughs> now, it is. And it's becoming, you know, more and more mainstream. And I think people are reflecting and looking at other people's lives going, wow, what's the difference that person's making in their life? They hired a life coach. They had someone guiding them, a mentor, a coach. And it is becoming something that if someone wants to get to a different level in their lives, no matter what level that is, a different connection in their personal relationships, more money, a different career, whatever it is, mm -hmm. having a life coach really is that it, it gives mm -hmm. someone total perspective instead of that tunnel vision that we have in our right. own lives. So you're, I mean, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. And I hopefully <laughs> those of you who are listening at home are sold on the concept of, of the, we need that just everybody talks to us in, with a with in everybody talks to us with what we want to hear because people are like that and and having someone in your life that maybe you pay uh who doesn't talk to you like that is i think i think important now, now your book uh it's a woman's guide to unlimited abundance i'm going to tell you something else not that this is about me again this is going to be about you in a minute but we're going to make this about me at the top um i've also found that a lot of a lot of female authors that i've had on the show write books geared towards women um, which is great, and I think we need that. But I also find that the truths are not gender specific. Like, uh, in in just in researching you for the for this interview, there's nothing there's nothing particularly female oriented about uh, the ideas of abundance that you're talking about beyond a couple of of key words. Absolutely. Well, we're talking about universal laws, so right. it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman where you live. I mean, they are universal. They work for every single person. It's like gravity. It's like, oh, I'm a woman, so gravity right. works for me, but you're a man. Gravity doesn't work for you. It, right. it isn't the case. But it does help in marketing a book that's when you what, say... That's what everybody says. <laughs> exactly. That's what everybody... <laughs> More women buy books, especially books about women. Right. Women tend to navigate... Then I just had a book, Quantum Success, that came out. It's a phenomenal book on how to really jumpstart your money and your career. And, you know, it's for both men and women. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that the art of having it all, because it's geared towards women, or my other book, Taming Your Alpha Beep, um, it, it, it just did better because women are typically the consumers of, you know, self-help transformational right. books. Right. Well, and I think, but here's the, here's the reality. We all need self-help. We all need uh, transformation in our lives, and I think it's. I think, I think you're d doing a disservice to yourself, not you, but you know that one is doing a disservice to oneself by not uh, by not seeking improvement in their lives because that's the only it's the only thing we can keep doing is 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 getting better. Um, your book uh, was you have, you your newest one is Quantum Success, but uh, they they all deal with an idea of abundance. Um, yes. as sort of an overarching concept. So, so let's just, let's start off by, by really diving into what abundance means and, and how we can start to change that. Perfect. So one of the universal laws, I, my foundation of everything I live by, I teach is based on the seven essential laws. Most people have heard about law of attraction. Mm -hmm. They haven't heard about the law of sufficiency and abundance. So what, what abundance really is, is it's really how we are divinely designed for. We're divine, divinely designed for, literally programmed as if it's in our soul self, our heart self, our cells 
to be prosperous, to have abundance, to be creative and have success lead from that creativity, to mm. have well-being, you know, to have loving and supportive relationships. This is what is divinely designed in the stars, if you will. And it's up to us as the individual person to be able to align our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs with that, knowing that as the truth. And when we look at life and say, you know, I am abundant and that I have an abundant of opportunities and that you look for the places that you really do have abundance, whether it's drinking water or the food that you eat or the support you have around you or the love, abundance comes in all forms. It could be patience. I'm a mother of two. You know, sometimes I need an abundance of patience because I've got two crazy nine and 10 year old boys that play together and seem like there's 30 kids in the house. So abundance doesn't mean just financial abundance. It's not Mm -hmm. just money, but it also includes money. And that's the nature of our reality. When you think about it, if you were to look at, at the way things were created from nature you know, if you were to go to a sandy beach, you cannot count the grains of sand. There's too many. Right. If you were to look at the ocean, you can't count the ounces of water. It's too much. I mean, anywhere you go in nature, if you know, now it's a fall in the East Coast, right? It's like mm-hmm. the leaves are falling. You can't count all Well, the it's leaves. fall everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere. It just kind of only matters on the East Coast where the leaves change. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. But semant- semantics are important in this, apparently. I don't know why I just did that. but That is a really good point. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> no, it's true. And if you look at the, all the leaves that are falling or, you know, where I live in Arizona, things are like a second spring right now right. in the fall and things are blooming. You just can't count all the different – you can't go and look at the stars in the sky and count all of them. Right. It's abundant. And as we start to attune our beliefs and expectations and our desires and Mm. all that, the fact that we are abundant, that's what we will attract because that's what we're focused on. That's what we're attuned to. And then we see more of it. But as long as we're in a place of lack, thinking we're not enough, there's not enough opportunities, there's not enough good men to go around, there's not enough, you know, success, money, whatever it is, then that will be our reality. We create from our beliefs. Mm. So do you think, I mean, I, I hate making this the villain, but I, but I also love making this the villain. Uh, I feel like social media does a lot to counteract our sense of abundance. What it does is it, it, it inflates our sense of, of distraction and also of envy in a way that, that you are focused on the fact that somebody else has or is doing something that you are not doing, that you do not have. And it creates an emptiness in us that we try to fill with, I think, the wrong things. Um, and, and I, I just feel like, uh, I feel like that's a, that's a modern phenomenon. And one of the reasons why the abundance philosophy I think has taken off so much because because so many of us come are living in a place of, in a place of feeling lacked, of feeling lacking in ourselves. And I think, and I think that, that social media is, is, is perpetuating that for us. I think social media just shows us where we naturally are because Mm. when you're in a space of abundance, you're inspired. Like if you see your girlfriend, you know, having this fabulous trip, you're like, oh my gosh, that inspired me. I want to do that too. Or I want to do something similar to that. Or, hey, I can do that too. 
But if you're in a place of, oh, well, you know, good for her, I can't do that, then you're really coming from lack. And so mm. we, we can look at social media and it is interesting because, you know, I'll look at other authors that are like having great success and I'm like, yes, because it's like we're all ultimately one. So if she's having that level of success, I can too. Or, you know, she represents a part of myself that's evoking that desire to have that level of success instead of feeling jealous or envious because I don't think I can attain that. Mm. And so how do you start to change your mind uh, to, I mean, not, not just with social media, but to start to to switch from that, that place of lack to the to the focus of abundance? Well, I've been, I mean, that's my life's work. So I have tons of courses and everything. Which is why I asked you. Yeah, good, good one. (laughs) (laughs) Good setup. No, um, you know, we need to shift our perspective from lack to abundance. And one of the ways I say to people is you have to watch your words. I even have a whole entire free program called watchyourwords.com. It helps you understand the words that we're saying that are coming from lack. And when you shift those words to words that are more of abundance, your vibration changes, your state of mind changes, your beliefs change. For example, if someone has something that they want to purchase or, you know, Christmas time is coming and maybe the kids are like, I want this new game. And the parents are like, we can't afford that. Anytime you're saying we can't afford something, Mm -hmm. that's the statement, that's the affirmation, that's the declaration, that's the vibration that you're giving out to Mm. the universe. And we need to shift that from something like, hey, that's not a financial priority right now, or I'm choosing to focus my money on something else. It feels different. It feels like we have freedom. It feels like we have choices. The situation may not change, but the vibration that we're giving out and the feeling that we have when we even say to ourselves, everybody could say that to themselves, I can't afford it. (laughs) How do you feel? Right. You You feel like you're missing. Right. You're in lack. It perpetuates lack. But if you're saying, well, that's not a financial priority for me right now. Now you're back in the empowered seat. Now mm. you're giving off a very different vibration. So that, watching that you have words, different priorities, that you have other things that you're working towards that do not involve a new sequin top or whatever. Exactly. You're going to pay the mortgage this month or the mm-hmm. car payment or whatever it is. Oh, am I? Uh. <laughs> Yes, you are. <laughs> and I, I feel like this this philosophy works. Um, it, we've talked about it working with diet, and it, it, it almost feels uh, almost feels easier to understand when we deal with the psychology of food because we we live in a time of caloric abundance. I mean, most people most people can, in fact, the 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 poorer you are, the more likely you are to be overweight, which is a crazy situation in terms of human history that we find ourselves in right now. Um, point being. We live in this caloric abundance, and yet so many people are overweight and making different and, and making bad food choices. And, and and all the research has kind of shown that when you are dieting, instead of focusing on the restrictions, the things you can't have, you should be focusing on the things that you can eat or should eat. Yes, absolutely. It, you always want to focus on what's good and right. And what is what you're wanting to move towards, not what you're missing or what's wrong and bad. Because if you want to look at abundance, it's called the law of sufficiency and abundance for a reason. It's not just the law of abundance because you want to look at it as a spectrum. On one side of the the pole, if you will, you have lack. 
On the other side, you have abundance. And the doorway into abundance is satisfaction. It's Mm -hmm. coming from a place of contentment, of sufficiency. And so when you can start looking at what's going right, what's what do you have in your life? What can you appreciate? What are the positive aspects of your life? What do you have gratitude about? Mm. You're now in a place of moving into a state of abundance versus I don't have enough or I'm missed out or, you know, I should have done that or um, she's got this and I don't or any of that other place. Because you, if with law of attraction, all those seven essential laws work together when you're vibrating in life you are going to perpetuate and continue to attract situations, events, circumstances, relationships that represent and even um, amplify that lack. Mm. But as you deliberately shift yourself into a place of being content in the now, it doesn't mean you have to be over the moon excited you know, about your life, but at least be content. Yeah. Right. Get, be excited for the fact that you get to eat uh, the vegetables that you like to be healthy and get excited for the fit body that you're going to be having or be excited that you have this time alone and get excited for the male or the female or the, the mate that you're going to be having when that time comes. Right. But finding the sufficiency in this moment brings you what you want, but never from a place of lack. Mm, I, I, f- I feel like we we don't even allow ourselves to be present in the moment enough to feel that sense of abundance in the moment. Like I, I, I just think that we, we are constantly distracting ourselves but chemically, physically from, from being present in any given moment that, um, I, I, I don't know, that just seems like, it seems like a place that, that I think we're, we're, a lot of us are, are missing and are not really focusing on. Uh, and we, and we need to, we need that, that feeling of being in the moment. Well, the reason why we don't, here's the, here's why we have such a hard time to just be present and be in the now. Tell me. (laughs) Well, two aspects. First of all, most of us are projecting into a future that we don't want. Mm. So we're looking at a, we're looking at a future. In terms of like worry? Worry. Yes. Fearing. Um, I'm afraid the other shoe's going to drop. You know, mm-hmm, I'm in- mm-hmm. anticipating the air conditioning is going to break down. Right. I'm anticipating my car is going to break down. I'm anticipating that I'm not going to get that promotion or that this job's not going to last or this success isn't going to last or that this marriage is going to, you know, the, the, the relationship is going to dissolve or whatever it is. And we are protecting against our worst possible, possible fears. So we're mm-hmm. having this catastrophic thinking about our future instead of deliberately and very mindfully choosing the future that we want and feeling excited about it. Mm. So that's, that's the first aspect. And that future and that now is all based on the past because if you have blockages in your past, if you've had heartbreak in your past, if you've had all of a sudden you make money and then the money goes away in your past, these things are energetic blocks and they continue to perpetuate what's happening happening in the now, and then will continue to to bring that energy forth. So unless you heal your past by being mindful, not going into therapy and having to dig up everything, but when you're thinking about your future and what you do want and the things that you do want to create, and you feel a sense of resistance that comes up, is because something in your past. And if you could release energy from that, yeah, that's, mm. that, that's what I do as an energy worker too, is help people find those places in time where they got their heart broken and their heart closed down. If our hearts closed down, there's energy in there. 
And that energy needs a place. So it spirals. Mm. It creates a vortex and that's what we attract to us. That's why it's like, how come I date the worst guys? I always date this, you know, the the worst guys or, you know, I change from relationship to relationship. The situations are all the same. It's because you're the same and you need to heal from that, release that energy because unless you do, that energy is blocked and that it literally is law of attraction. Mm. That that vortex continues to create. And then we see as human beings, oh, well, that's true. You know, that's true. I can't seem to lose weight no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then it perpetuates a belief right. that, that then we see the evidence of it and we go, okay, well, why even try? No matter what I do, I can't seem to lose weight. No matter what I do, I can't seem to find a partner. No matter what I do, I can't seem to make more money. Everybody makes more than I do. Mm. I get paid over for this. Then we have these stories and our stories keep us perpetuated in the past and they also help us project in the future. That's why it's so painful to be in the now. Right. Right, because we allow our past pain to dictate our future, and so the now just feels wrong because we're we're because we're worried and fearful about the next step. Um, yeah, I, I want to get what these. I want to get out what all seven essential laws are. And by the way, if you're not sold on buying this book yet, I I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, uh, how do we start that process of of changing the narrative in our mind? Because not not to uh, put too fine a point on it, but you know, easier said than done, Christy. Oh, absolutely. That's why I say the first place to start is you, as I tell my kids, the only thing we have control over is what we are saying, what we're thinking, what mm-hmm. we're feeling. We that's, Everything else outside of us is a reflection of that. It's very so stoic. First, it's, it's true. Yeah. I mean, we cannot control our partners. We cannot control what our bosses are going to do or what our neighbors or parents or in-laws or anybody mm-hmm. else is going to do. But we do have control over our own words, over our own emotions, our reactions, how we process. So the first place to start is watch your words. Mm. Um, when you do that and you start to see the subtle difference, then you start feeling differently. And when you start feeling differently, you start to see things manifest in your life. And then you start to get excited because you're like, wow, I really have deliberate control over my life. And yeah. if, if, if just changing that word can make a difference, what if I become more aware of my emotions? Because we do, like you said, we have a lot of people that are using a lot of vices, whether it's, you know, drugs or alcohol or gambling or shopping mm-hmm. or coffee or sugar, because they're Wait, trying please to get do not, please do not lump coffee in with that. Coffee is my soulmate. <laughs> We're going to leave coffee alone. <laughs> Okay. Um, we can sugar is the enemy, but coffee's fine. <laughs> We're not touching my coffee. Coffee's great. Thank Let's you. If you're having like six pots a day, probably not the best. But don't, don't you know. judge me. <laughs> but whenever someone is feeling that they need something outside of themselves to get them through a different part of the day, there right, is right. always a solution, which is never usually about the substance or the thing. Right. But my point is, is that, you know, watch your words and then start paying attention to your what you're focused on, because what you focus on will bring up thoughts, will mm-hmm. bring up emotions and start cleaning up what you're projecting into your future. Uh, you know, I, I did. I just had this conversation with my husband. He was talking about air conditioning breaking down. And with the you know, and I said, I don't want to have this conversation because what we're focused on now is the air conditioning breaking down. Because everything's fine. Why are we focused on that? So, you know, it's like really focusing what you want to experience and what you want to have happen in your reality. And don't talk about the things that you don't. I always say to people, 
um, when I'm coaching people just to teach them the basics. When you find yourself not feeling good, it's because you're in lack. And in that moment, ask yourself, what do I want? Why do I want it? And how do I want to feel? Right. Right. And then start feeling that way because happiness and joy or fear and worry, all of it are an experience that we can decide on and feel right now. And is that is that the element of quantum? Is that why quantum is built into this? Because because you're changing your own quantum state in that process? Is that exactly? Yeah, exactly. Let's flesh that out a little bit because I'm a nerd and I, I know. How does how does that change? Like, how does that work in terms of of like uh, subatomic quantum states? Like the 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 notion of that, where where you get the word? Well, everything is energy, and so we are as a human being in this world of you know pure potentiality, where energy can literally create, it can destroy, it could be. It's like there are so many variety varieties and variations of notes and frequencies of energy. It's like mm-hmm. he's on a piano, right? Mm-hmm. So joy has a, vi- a vibration that's different than fear. And we are the, we're receiving energy all the time. When we deliberately receive energy from the unlimited source and decide what energy we want to bring in. So for example, I want to tune to the vibration of joy and we let that joy kind of move into our bodies. We tell our bodies becoming an energy master that I'm wanting to feel and experience joy and Mm. start to think of and remember times or think of all the things that bring you joy. You're now totally changing your energetic state. And when you do that, you then change your outer reality. That's quantum. All right, all right, I I I love it. Um, so what are what are these, what are these seven essential laws? Because I I I know we I don't want to run out of time because there's seven of them. So let's let's go through what the seven are. So I'll do them quickly because I could talk all day on each one of them. As well, you've fact, literally I'm, written a yeah, book on it. Yeah, exactly. So the first one, most people, if they've heard about the universal laws, they've heard of this one, which is the law of attraction. Mm. I just like to think of law of attraction as a boomerang. Boomerang. Like I said, we are energy receivers, but we're also energy transmitters. So what we're transmitting out, what we're giving out through our thoughts, through our emotions, through our beliefs, perspectives, the actions that we take, mm-hmm. all of that is sending a, tra- a signal out to the universe. And the universe is like, okay, here you go. This let, Let's match it with this circumstance, mm-hmm. situation. So law of attraction is law of attraction. Second one is a law of deliberate creation. This is where we get to say, wait a minute, I don't necessarily want this type of contrast in my life. I don't want this situation, circumstance. I want to change it. So like I said, you change your words to something different so you feel better. You change your perspective from being in lack or your emotions from not feeling good to feeling good. You're deliberately creating your state of being so that what you are sending out as that transmitter is a very different frequency so that the law of attraction kicks in and brings you different results. Hmm. Hmm. So that's, so, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I know. So here's, here's the other thing that I, I'd like to point out. That, that one is I, I, this, I think this sounds very, I, I hate to use this word because I, I don't think it's really used anymore, but it sounds very new agey. But I would, but I also know the, there's there's actual I mean the idea for we'll start with this idea that everything is energy. I mean that's literally for those of you that don't understand that's literally Einstein's point with E equals MC squared. That's mm-hmm. literally quantifying the energy of matter. That's that's his point. Um and it's where we get nuclear physics from. So um this this notion is absolutely scientific and also um I I think it's in all of the old religions. I think this idea of 
um, of manifesting, of thinking and meditating on a concept uh, day and night is the same as seeking justice from God and, and going in prayer in your prayer life to the same. So I, um, I just want to, I, I just want to point that out. I think it'd be remiss if I didn't take a minute and just say, even though it feels new agey, there are a lot of other examples from other, uh, faith structures and also from science itself that, that support what you're saying. hundred percent. I could, I could talk to you about that all day long. Cause it is, it is in all religions. This is what Christ taught about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, have faith is the size of a mustard seed, just a little bit of energy, just a little bit of hope, a little right. bit of faith moves mountains, right? There's, there's so much there. Um, so yeah, so the law of allowing is when you are thinking thoughts that are of real spiritual truth or real mm-hmm. truth, like you're saying that everything is energy and that I am a co-creative partner in what I create. Mm-hmm. Things are not just happening to me. There's not some God, you know, sitting on a floating uh, a cloud and just judging me and condemning me and, you know, bad things are then going to happen to me. People I, that I coach sometimes believe it. I think the karma of this lifetime is I have to pay back all the stuff I did in the past. What? That's crazy. Your belief is creating all the stuff that mm, you're having. Mm. It's, it's insane. It's like, no, if you expect good things and you feel good, good things are going to happen. Right. So we have to be in an allowing space because when our beliefs are like, oh, well, I'm a bad person or I'm living out this life or all the, all the places where we feel constricted, where we don't feel good, we're not in allowing space. The universe and all of its infinite wisdom cannot bring to us what we want if we're closed down. It's like mm. if I was going to hand you a gift, Gib, you know, you wouldn't put out a closed fist. You'd open up your hand because I'm going to be, you're going to be receiving something. Oh, so thank our- you, Christy. How'd you know it's my size? <laughs> oh my gosh. Extra medium. That's perfect. <laughs> Extra medium. That's classic. But you're going to be open, right? You're going to be yeah. like, exactly where you were. Thank you, Christy. You know, yeah. you're not, Oh, I don't want that, you know? Right. Kind of thing. So that's the law of allowing law of allowing feels good. It feels expansive. It's where we're not judging, not criticizing, condemning, especially ourselves, others, you know, the universe. Um, so number four is the law of sufficiency and abundance, which we talked about mm-hmm. for me, that is the law that pulls all of them together. That is a Mac daddy of all the laws. The fifth law is the law of detachment that, Focus on what you want, but be detached in the who, the where, the how, all of the details of how it comes. Um, So it's important to have your visions. It's important to want what you want, have your desires, but but know that the universe has a bigger broadside, bird's eye view of your life, and we are very limited in our scope of understanding. So then there's the law of pure potentiality, again, going with there's so many infinite ways that your desire will manifest if you allow it Mm. and if you believe it to be true, if you stay in that space of abundance. And then the seventh one is the law of polarity. Now, the law of polarity is that on our physical planet, on as we as human beings, we have both up and down, left and right, good and bad, in and out, metaphysical, physical. Um, It's evidenced by temperature, you know, so a a topic of, of desire could be the temperature. And on one side of the pole, you could have extreme cold. On the other side, you could have extreme heat. Same thing with money. Someone might say, well, I'm practicing, you know, I'm focusing on money or I want my partner. I want to have better health, but it's not working. Well, it's because the energy vibration is still on the pole of lack. Even though the subject you're focusing on, we have to be mindful of where we're putting our energy because just by focusing on money or a partner or losing weight or whatever it is that we want, 
if we're feeling excited about it and feeling the anticipation of it arriving or having it or experiencing it, we're on the side of abundance or at least sufficiency. But if you're if you're thinking about the ways that it's missing in your life, even if you're folk, so so let's say it's a partner. It's like, oh my gosh, my boyfriend is going to be amazing. Um, and I can't wait to meet him. That's on the positive side. But if you're like, I want a boyfriend, I want a boyfriend, I want a boyfriend. I can't believe I don't have a boyfriend. Um, you know, this part of my life is so bad right now. A boyfriend will fix that, that it's, it's that you're focusing on the negative side of what you're missing by not having the boyfriend. I'm shaking my head. Yes. Point. It's an audio podcast, Christy. We can't see (laughs) that you're shaking your head. Yes, I am shaking my head. Yes. Like someone at a rock concert. Mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely good. That is spot on. That's spot right. on. So we, we need to connect to that pole. We need to we need <laughs> to be on the uh, not. That does not mean that the law of abundance means you should be uh, uh, you know, an exotic dancer. When you say <laughs> connect to the pole, you want to be on the side that says like, here's what I'm going to do with the resources and abundance that is coming. Not here's what's missing that the resources and abundance will fix. So here's what I'm going to do with it. Here's what's going to be great about it. And, um, and and make sure that you're really connected to that because I, you, you bring up a great point that we don't really think about. When you look at things that are positive, you can instead dwell on how it's missing from your life instead of dwelling on on how great it's going to be when you have it. Um, well, the Cliff, Cliff Nose version, if you are feeling bad in any aspect of your life, you're in lack. Mm. And if you're feeling good, you're in abundance. How do we... So, so here's the question. Sometimes things are objectively hard and difficult. And how do we deal with the reality of of current circumstances while also maintaining that connection to positivity? I love that. Look for the things that you enjoy, the positive aspects. Look for the solutions. So once again, if you're looking at something that you don't enjoy or that you're not wanting, ask yourself, what is the clarity of this? What is, what is it that this contrast in my life right now, this relationship, this, this lack of money, this lack of support, this lack of whatever, what, it, what is it that I want? Why do I want it? As you start really thinking about how you want it to be different and what that different is and why you want it to be different, there's a reason. We, we have put in our, in our society that if, if you go accomplish something, then you're going to feel, but the way it is, is if you feel, then you get. And so we think, oh, well, if I get the guy or if I get the money, then I'm going to feel, think about what you're assigning that feeling to be. What do I want? Why do I want it? And how do I think I'm going to feel? And then start to bring in that feeling right, right away now. Mm. You know, this, do you know who Joe Dispenza is? I mean, I do. Yes, this is very similar to what what a lot of the stuff he talks about. I think, mm-hmm. um, in this idea of it's the the focus and the meditation that p- putting your mind on something is great, but you have to begin to put in your body the anticipatory feeling of receiving whatever it is that you're trying to work on. And you know what, what you talked about? Um, one of the laws is 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 where you you don't know the intermediary steps you're just focusing on the final result which one is that sorry i'm i'm, I'm i get the concept i just don't remember the names <laughs> the law of deliberate creation the law is it the law of deliberate creation where where you you don't need to know how what the steps oh, are the, the, yeah the law of detachment the law of detachment right yeah. um what that reminds me of so much is like if you're sailing or if you are if you're even if you're if you're driving a tractor and you're trying to make straight cop, crop rows the way that you maintain a course is not by um, 
by focusing on every little movement on, right in front of you. It's by setting a point on the horizon that you're constantly re-navigating towards um, and, and adjusting with the eye on the horizon. So like if you're, if, you're, if you're cutting crop rows, you find a tree at the end of the field and you drive straight for that tree and you set the row by going tree by tree as opposed to um, trying to keep it straight by adjusting, making micro adjustments in the near term. That, that's that's a great analogy. Absolutely, we go where we put our attention. Right, and the, and and by focusing on the end result, um, what you can do then is it, it will actually allow for the course correction to happen in the near term without you even realizing it. As opposed to obsessing on every little rock or bump or wave that redirects you, which will then I, I mean I'm assuming here I'm I'm projecting, which will then put you into that that lacking mindset because oh my gosh, my course is off. I need to correct it as opposed to just keeping the eye on the prize and and letting and letting the sort of subconscious mind redirect as you move. Brilliant. Well thanks. Exactly. So okay, I'm a <laughs> co author of the next book. Uh, it'll, it'll just be Christy Whitman writing the actual meat and I will come in with metaphors. So look for that. It's called metaphorical quantum success. And we're writing it together. We just, we're announcing it now. Um, you have a, you're, you're a hoot by the way. <laughs> thank you. You have a 10 step plan, uh, for, for getting this. Cause like, I, 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 I buy into all of this stuff and I, and I, um, and by the way, if you want to, if you want to follow up and get way more detail and way more stuff from Chrissy, you need to buy the book quantum success. It has, it has the studies. It has her, uh, anecdotes of the people that she's, that she's worked with in the past. Uh, and, and, and all of the, all of the meat that led her to these conclusions so that you can really understand where it all comes from. Um, but you, but I buy into all this stuff, but how do I, it's so much easier said than done this idea of changing myself. Like I, I, I understand that I, I need to wake up every day and be intentional and check my pole, um, wh- which pole I'm attaching my, my thinking to. Uh, and I, I get all that, but I just, uh, I'm, I'm still feeling, how do I put this? Uh, well, maybe it's my own problem, but I'm still feeling like this is, there's, there's a hardship to this. Like there are ingrained habits in me and in all of us that keep us uh, focused on the negative. And keep us focused on the lack. That's absolutely it. And that's why coaching, we started the conversation with coaching is such a viable option for people because coaches help you stay accountable, help you um, really understand the language that you're using. Because sometimes we're we're sharing something, we don't even realize what we're saying, that we're so focused on what we don't want. Or just having someone commit to doing some kind of daily practice, whether it's meditation or doing affirmations or, you know, doing some form of, yeah, you know. The affirmations thing as well. So keep going. I want to get back to affirmations, but keep going. Yeah, so having someone that holds you accountable or a buddy that you can grow together with and right. you know get, like get a book together that's a self-help book and go through the chapters together and someone that's willing to improve their life with you but it's it's so much easier going at it with someone else like a buddy I went through it by myself. Everybody around me, I started personal growth 20 over 20 years ago and learning about this information. Everybody kind of looked at me like I was, you know, I had 10 heads. What is she talking about? Energy and being positive and why yeah. is she meditating? And, you know, it wasn't commonplace to the people that I knew or that were in my life. But for me, what changed my life is having a coach and it changed my life. And that, that made me want to help other people become a coach as well. Because, you know, when you have a very well-trained coach that has a system of transformation that's based on universal laws, 
and they know how to keep you accountable and help you out because let's face it, I don't care who we are. I've been doing this work for over 20 years and I have my days where I get pulled down by, by beliefs or thoughts that aren't feeling good. And then I have to commit to doing my own inner work and having someone hold me accountable. So, um, but yeah, affirmations are a fantastic tool as long as they're used in the proper way. And why I will say this is a lot of times people will be like, I'm abundant. (laughs) It doesn't work. You have to shift your state. You have to actually believe what you're saying. So if you're saying something you don't believe, if you're, you know, looking in the mirror and you're overweight and you're like, I am lean and fit and your mind's like, yeah, right. That's not the proper affirmation for you. If you're trying to, if you're in debt and you're trying to get out of debt, saying to yourself, I'm a millionaire. I mean, that's going to feel like you're lying and it's going to create even more resistance inside of you. So you want to find a better feeling thought than the ones that got you to create what you've created in your life. So what are those, what are those thoughts? Anything, well, something that feels better, like things are working out for me. All is well. I'm on the right track. I have a positive Uh. future, you know, things that are more general, but I am abundant. The universe is abundant. You you know, I, Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the universe is my source and my supply. You know, these kind of affirmations will help you feel better in the now and help you shift your vibration. And as long as you do it right. consistently, it takes about 17 seconds to shift a vibration, 68 seconds to actually, you know, the quantum realm of, of different results coming into your reality. If you could sit there and for 68 seconds, think about something that you want, not what you don't want, and how great it's going to be when you have it, and how exciting it is to receive it, and how much fun it is to experience it. You're shifting your vibration, and you do that consistently enough, you're going to see changes in your life. That this is wow. Okay, I, I know we need to let you go, but there's a couple things I want to say. One is you are not the first person to talk about the power of affirmation, and I've made this joke a thousand times. But what I but but it's it doesn't make it any less true. I feel like Stuart Smalley, the Al Franken character on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> was way more onto something, and we made fun of him. But looking yourself in the mirror and saying I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me is actually a really great thing that we should all be doing every single day. And I that's totally wild agree. to me. That is absolutely mind-blowingly wild to me. Because when you think about it, just from that perspective, if you're saying stuff that's negative to yourself, like, right. oh, you suck, or you're an idiot, or yeah. why'd you do that, and you're having this critical voice, if you could stop that critical voice and say something positive about yourself, like, people like me, I'm a good person, right. I did well, you're going to shift your state. And, you know, small hinges swing very big doors. Yeah, <laughs> well said. Well said. Uh, I, I do want to talk about one last thing before, like, what do you do about the people who are in your life. It could be a spouse, it could be a parent, it could be it could even be a child or a sibling or, or a boss or whatever, who are counteracting the narrative that you're trying to create for yourself, who talk about, who'd speak in negative, who speak in lacking. How do you keep those people in your life? Uh, or, or how do you deal with people in your life that you may not be able to get out of your life even if you wanted to, and also maintain this thought process? Well, this is a big question, one that I also have courses on literally because it is a big question. But the biggest thing I could say just to start the conversation about this is that you have to remember that everything is always coming from yourself. All relationships begin inside of you. So for example, if you have a mother, and this is a personal experience that was so critical all the time and so negative and just always on you, then how do you deal with someone like that? 
I had to go inside of myself and find the places that I would get lit up by where my buttons would be pushed, but more importantly, where I was being critical. And as I shifted my critical thoughts, all of a sudden, this woman that I've known all my life has become one of my biggest cheerleader. There is no way in heck anybody could have told me 20 years ago that 22 years later, that the woman that is constantly on me for every little thing and critical and never enough is literally supporting me and cheerleading me and telling me how proud she is of mm. me and all this stuff. All relationships start inside. Mm. And, and as you react to someone and want to change them, you're off-centering yourself. So even if I hear my mom say something that's in lack, not about me, but about my dad or somebody else or about money or anything right. like that, I just affirm to myself, I'm so grateful I know what I know. I'm so grateful to be connected to abundance. I'm so grateful I feel and have created what I have in my life. Because you could be literally talking to someone that's being negative and being on a vacation in your head. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling a lot. <laughs> There are interviews I've never aired on this show where I was on a vacation in my head the entire time. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if this one airs. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one. This one will. I'm into this. Um, but I, 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 I'm just saying, like, I, I fully, I fully understand your concept of like. I, it's just, it's again, I think a little bit easier said than done when you when you hear somebody saying, oh, uh, oh, oh, you can't afford that or or whatever, and and reframing that in your mind on a consistent basis. I mean, that's. That's discipline. That takes the daily grind of this, of, of really making sure that you're strong in your concepts so that when that kind of stuff happens, you're able to counteract the narrative that comes from outside. Well, that's why it's so exciting to work with energy because as you release energy blocks, as you take out um, you know, thoughts that are, that are literally infused with energy of negativity or a lower vibration and you replace them with higher vibration energy by doing meditation, doing processes – things become a lot easier. I, mean, I see people transform their lives so much easily and elegantly mm. just by becoming an energy master and literally um, knowing and becoming aware than, than doing affirmations all day long or you know any of those other things. So it's, it's really about understanding everything is energy, a thought is energy, an emotion mm. is energy, and that we are the ones that choose which energy we process inside of our bodies and which energy we're transmitting, transmitting out to the universe. The book, uh, Quantum Success by Christy Whitman, our guest today. Also, the book, have The Art of Having It All, A Woman's Guide to Unlimited Abundance. Uh, links to both of those books in the show notes. Uh, I know that I'm going to be reading Quantum Success uh, as, uh, again and again and again. I just I, I think it's phenomenal. Christy, where can people follow up with you, aside from buying the books, which they can do by clicking the show notes, where can people follow up with you if they have more questions and they want to they get in touch? So I really recommend everybody goes to watchyourwords.com because that's that 30-day um, literally program that I'm giving away for free. Every day you get a 30, you get a video that helps you with each word to shift. So watchyourwords.com um, or you can go to christywhitman.com. I have lots of fun shows and podcasts and um, you know different resources for people to be able to transform their lives through energy and becoming an energy mastery and understanding the universal laws. So links to both of those websites, uh, again, in the show notes. And one last thing, Christy, that I ask to everybody on the show, what is one thing that we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better? Watch your words. Watch your words, which is why you bought the URL, watchyourwords.com. 
first place to start. I feel like I set you up for that one, and I just un- <laughs> I became an unwitting patsy. You put the energy out there, and I got sucked into the vortex. It's a black a black hole of abundance for you. You received that beautifully. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Christy Whitman, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Thanks for the laugh, Gib. You're welcome. Wow. That's, uh, you know, I wish I could go back to college and study and study uh, quantum physics because it, it really, it's, it just stands everything on its end, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. But, you know, it, it unif- it's, it's a really great way of, of imagining that we really are just states of energy. Um, and when you think of it in that way, you really, the energy that you put in that, your emotional reality is the only reality that really exists for you, is how you perceive things and how you deal with things. And it was true for Job, it was true for Marcus Aurelius, and it's true for us now. You know, you can you can take on suffering, you can take on negative stuff, but uh, all of the, the bottom line is you exist in your quantum state. You exist in the energy that you that you are in. I'm going to give you my quantum speech, and I think Uh-oh. it's I think it's Romans 17.4 or something. It's in Romans, definitely, and it's... It's uh, God who quickens the dead, calls forth things that are not as if they were. That, come on, that's quantum. Yeah, that's that's, that's there quantum it is. right there it is, right in the Bible. That's quantum. it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, comment, and subscribe. really helps us out on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. makes a big difference. Share this with a friend. If you want to follow up, facebook.com slash John Tesh. We, we're there all the time. John is on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL. And that's thanks for listening. I showed you the rest of the spiel. Yeah, no, just a just a quick drum solo. Okay, go at John Tesh on Twitter. I am Gib Gerard. Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gib Gerard. Links to all that stuff in the show notes. Uh, now, see, now I'm, I'm I'm done, and then we're in the middle of the song. So well, I'm just push s- this button and be done. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, no, no. Nope.